The following program is brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations, and the views and opinions may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this station. Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, we tell you why and where it's not safe to use airport Wi-Fi, and the TSA's new carry-on rule is something you need to be aware of. We have details next. At 3.20 in our Smarter Travelers segment, Mark tells you what to do when you arrive at a rental car counter and they're out of cars. And we have a small but important hotel safety tip to share. Space tourism is going to be a reality by the end of the decade. SpaceX, the company that successfully launched and landed two rockets in Florida recently, is back. And we have an update on when space travel might be available to folks like us and how much it might cost. That's coming up at 335. We have tickets to give away to the Lake Tahoe Shakespeare and Theater Festival. Now, to be eligible, you have to be able to get to Lake Tahoe before August the 10th. Details on how you can win coming up at 345. Clayton Whitehead is in for Tom today. The California State Fair is roaring along across the street. Welcome to today's edition of The Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Welcome to the July 22nd edition of The Travel Guys. I'm Clayton Whitehead, sitting in for Tom Romano today, and sitting here on my left, Mr. Mark Hoffman. We're brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Hi, Mr. Mark. Hi, it is a pleasure to have you today. Clayton, Tom is off uh, swimming somewhere with some synchronized swim. What did you say it's now called? Alt? Yes, I googled synchronized swimming and found out that a couple years ago, uh-huh. it has officially been changed. The name has officially been changed to... Artistic, artistic swimming. swimming. So Tom, as his daughters were both involved in that, and so um, he's still involved in it, and he's off at one of their big meets today, and so he was he was willing to give it up since he had to be here last week when I was on the road from New York City. We, You got back from, we were both on the same trip to Chicago for a little while last week until I peeled off to New York, and you brought the good uh, sports leisure travelers uh, back home. So I would like to know, this is the second time you'd seen Hamilton, and we both saw that new uh, share thing. So quickly here, what were your thoughts on those two shows? Well, yes, it was my second time to see Hamilton. I saw the uh, the original road show in San Francisco here a few months back. And then now, uh, of course, in Chicago, it was a road show as well, but it was a, a largely different cast. And I have to say, I think it was a better production. So um, sorry for those who... Saw it in San Francisco. That was really, really a good production. But I think Chicago was a little bit better. Uh, the Hamilton and the Aaron Burr characters were extremely strong. Uh-huh. And um, also, uh, and a lot of people agreed with me in the audience, they've slowed down a number of the songs, which just made it a little easier for older ears like my own to kind of take it all in. Because for those of you who don't know, the, 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 it's a hip-hop sort of genre. A lot of the dialogue is done in that format. Yeah, and rap as well. And so, it, yeah, it's, it's a little hard to follow if you're not used to those types of music. But what an incredible history lesson. I had no idea 
that over the course of two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes that I was going to be taken on this journey that really included a, 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 a pretty extensive look at the founding fathers of the country and some of the things. I mean, obviously, there's two sides to every story. I don't think that this is gospel, but it was one telling of a lot of very and some very famous events were part of all of that telling. Absolutely. Uh, Alexander Hamilton was was not just literate. <laughs> he was like literate on steroids. I mean, he was a huge writer, a huge letter writer. In fact, one of his primary jobs was he was the correspondent secretary for General and then President Washington for many, many, many years. So uh, the last song is uh, Who Will Tell Your Story? And uh, in Alexander Hamilton's case, his own writings have done a great deal in telling his own story. But also his wife, Eliza, who lived 50 years after his um, untimely death uh, by, at the hands of Aaron Burr in a duel. Um, she really made it her, her life's mission to make sure that his extraordinary contributions to uh, the founding of this great country would not be forgotten. So she, she made sure that his story was told. So Hamilton is going to live forever. I'm sure he'll be back in San Francisco after the first of the year. Uh, share the next night. I talk about two incredibly different musical theater pieces. Oh yeah, this is the yin and the yang. We yeah. saw the sh- uh, Hamilton on Friday night, the share show on Saturday. So night. what was? What did you think? We have to move on here. But what did you think the highlight was? Uh, the highlight was absolutely having a local girl as share, uh, Teal Wicks, and I think you may have said that name wrong last uh-huh. week. In fact, it is Wicks, W I C K S, a graduate of Thomas High School. Uh, this is her fourth Broadway production. She was one of the fill-ins for Elphaba, the Green Witch in Wicked. She was in the original cast of uh, Finding Neverland, uh, a retelling of the Peter Pan tale. Uh, she was in a third show that I can't remember She's right now. She's been in Wicked in several different uh, right. places, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and on, and on Broadway. So she obviously was in the cast and then on the traveling show too anyway she's one of the shares she is one of three shares who tells shares story it's a little corny it's a little corny but then again wasn't beautiful a little bit corny i mean the carol king story you know you go to shows like uh like beautiful like share like jersey boys Uh because you care about the entertainers they were a part of your life you liked their music and this tells you a lot of the backstory yeah it does and it was it was it was it was just a lot of fun and talk about You know, sometimes you go to a musical, of course, the music is new, and you're not as likely to walk out of the theater humming the music. In this case, you know most of the music, so it's a lot easier to be humming the music as you walk out. And You know, you'll be humming your favorite Cher song for the next couple of days. If you like Cher, you will love this show. If you didn't, why did you go in the first place Um, would kind of be my thought. Okay, anyway, enough of theater reviews. Let's get on with the travel news. Thank you, Huey Lewis. Let's see here. What do we got? Uh, TSA, new rule. TSA, carry-ons now. It's not just liquids, but it's powders. Because some powders could be bad powders. Just like some liquids could be bad liquids. I'm wondering why it took us... This is not a rag on the TSA, but it's just a random thought. Why did it take us this long to figure this one out? I wonder if this is... you. Know, th- th- there was a, a problem. Was it anthrax or something in the U.S. mail within... Uh, what, three or four years ago? Uh-huh. And there were all these scares about powder in the mail. I wonder if this is some kind of an offshoot of that. Well, um, yeah, they're, they're talking about, of course, fentanyl, which is the, the drug of, that they're trying to, uh, to see about. You know, they don't tell us on these things, really, and then that's all part of security. They don't come out and say, well, these are the things we're looking for, so, you know, please don't do this. I mean, but anyway, if you're carrying a powder 
and it's more than 12 ounces of powder, and it's in your carry-on, there's a much better chance that you will now get pulled over and they will want to test the powder in your carry-on bag. So my suggestion to you is that if those bath salts were that important to you, um, put them in your checked luggage, secure them in your checked luggage, and then they will probably just roll through just fine. I'm also thinking about mothers who may be traveling with a diaper bag and mm-hmm. have a, a, you know, a canister of baby powder. Yeah, that's very true. And, I, and you're not going to be able to, to ditch that for the plane ride. So it, it's in some cases, you're just going to have you, you. It's just an extra thing. They're trying to keep us safe. Plan a few extra minutes at the airport. That's it. You know, I'm a huge subscriber to a few extra minutes at the airport makes everybody's life simpler. You and all the people you interact with. Uh, speaking of airports, a new study. This is kind of important. Uh, we've we've talked about things like this before, but this is the strongest one that I've seen in a while. Uh, you may want to think twice before using the Wi-Fi at different airports. And I will say here, we, we need to talk to the Sacramento airport people because Sacramento doesn't appear on the top or the bottom of this list and the middle is missing. So I can't tell you where Sacramento is on here. But I can tell you that um, airports tend to, according to this report, um, airports, uh, this is from the cloud security company Coronet, they've ranked the safety of public Wi-Fi of 45 of the busiest airports, and uh, the worst possible score you can have is a 10. The only one airport scored a 10, that was San Diego International Airport, 10. Worst place to use, what that means is San Diego is head and shoulders the least safe place to use the airport Wi-Fi. Uh, Orange County, just up the road, was second, 8.7. Next is uh, Houston Hobby Airport, 7.5. So that's important to know that San Diego and Orange County are really unsafe places to use airport Wi-Fi. Then on here, they've got uh, Fort Myers, uh, Newark, Dallas Love Field, Phoenix, Sky Harbor, uh, Detroit, uh, Logan and Boston. Safest couple on this list, uh, Chicago's Midway and Raleigh-Durham are the two safest places to use the airport Wi-Fi. If you travel a lot, really, truly, forget the airport Wi-Fi. Just get Verizon, whatever phone company, AT&T, get that phone signal, take it with you wherever you go, and now you don't have to worry about the Wi-Fi. And that signal is a lot safer. It's not completely safe, but it's a lot safer than a lot of the public Wi-Fis that you use. It's $50, $60 a month, I guess. If you travel a lot, it would be worth the cost. I agree 100%. Uh, Big fissure in the earth. 100-foot-long fissure has closed some of the trails around Jenny Lake in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. So if you are headed there on a vacation before uh, Labor Day, you might want to check ahead of time because some of the favorite visitor areas have closed. (coughs) Is there finally a new low-cost airline in the United States? Gentleman who was involved in the startup of JetBlue, David Nealman, is uh, has been talking for about a year now about starting a new airline. He has now ordered some planes through Airbus. Um, so we'll see. There might be a new airline on the horizon out there. He's talking about uh, doing what Southwest did originally and flying to and from secondary airports, uh, things like Oakland, Ontario, uh, Islip, New York, Fort Worth, uh, Cleveland's Lakefront Airport, Chicago, Gary, Indiana's airport. Burbank, uh, Mesa, uh, Mid-America Airport, and things, places like that. There's a whole airport, Mid-America, you know, Clayton, across the river from St. Louis that's been sitting there for years. Empty. Empty, yeah. yeah. Nobody nobody ever flew to Maybe it. Maybe he'll go to Kansas City and take over some of that, which is half empty. 
Bed bugs, according to this report, are a major issue for American hotels. I saw this um, on Flyer Talk this week, and I thought to myself, eh, why am I not seeing this anywhere else? And so I called several hoteliers that I know, and they said, eh, not any more so or less so than any other years. According to this report, eight in ten hotels have had issues with bed bugs, with 40% needing to have some sort of treatment done to the property. But I would say, just based on what a random calling around that this might be, uh, let's see, the pe- uh-huh. so the pest control company, Orkin, are the people who came out with this survey. So sometimes you need to look at who did the survey because, of course, it would be in their best interest at Orkin for everybody to think that there were a lot of bed bugs in hotels and that you were bringing them home with you. Anyways, no better, no less. Um, bed bugs are a problem in hotels they are indeed if you are really paranoid i suggest that you not put your luggage on the floor in your hotel room put it up on the luggage cart or put it on a countertop or put it on the bathroom floor because bed bugs don't do well on tile you know mark i stay in 150 to 200 hotels a year and have for a quarter of a century uh-huh i have never gotten a bed bug well and there you go that would that would that would seem to indicate that perhaps they're not as imminent as the people at orkin would like you to think U.S. Appeals Court rules that TSA agents enjoy immunity from lawsuits. You can't sue an an individual TSA agent. Unless you're in a cave, you know that Highway 1, our beautiful scenic coastal route uh, from Big Sur down to Hearst Castle, has reopened last week after a horrible slide last year took the road and a good part of the topography with it. So the only thing I have to say is that will probably happen again someday. Maybe not in that exact spot, but... Um, because that road just hugs the cliff all the way along. But one of the most scenic ways to see California is back. And one small update, we've been following the whole Hawaii, southwest of Hawaii thing, uh, which we're all thinking is maybe going to give us an update on the 7th of August. Uh, Southwest has started and said, we will start inter-island service once we build up our network and have enough frequency to make it meaningful. So they are planning on not only offering service to Hawaii, but offering service within Hawaii and giving uh, uh, Hawaiian Airlines a little bit of uh, competition. Do you think that'd be 737s or a smaller craft? Uh, well, and that's the deal, is that all of those stops and starts and stuff, your airplanes have to be specially designed for that. And, of course, Southwest has already, already gotten in some problem with their engines because of exactly that, wear and tear on the engines and that one that came off just a couple of months ago. So that's what they're working on right now, is what kind of planes are they going to use for that inner island stuff. The other possibility, too, is what they might do is you bring a flight from Sacramento to Honolulu, and then you send it to Kauai. And then on the way back, it goes to Maui and then back to Sacramento. So you're kind of providing a little bit of inner island service with your island planes might be a way to do that. Anyway, that is your travel news for today. Coming up next, we make you a smarter traveler. We're going to talk about car rentals and how to get out of an old hotel in an emergency. Next on The Travel Guys. Welcome back to the Travel Guys on News Radio KFBK, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations in beautiful Sacramento, California. I'm Clayton Whitehead, sitting in for Tom Romano. I'm here with Mark Hoffman, and I believe it's time to become a smarter a traveler. Smarter traveler. By the way, we want to remind you that a lot of the things that we talk about today, you can find links to them at travelguysradio.com. You can also find lots of cool stuff there from time to time. Neat little things that uh, we just think that you might might pertain to travel and might not. So uh, Also podcasts of former episodes, and yeah. you can sign up to have them delivered into your 
email box one day a week. If you'd like, that's right. You can sign up for the podcast right there at the top of TravelGuysRadio.com. All right, this is the time of the program we take every week to try to make you a little bit of a smarter traveler. And uh, this week I have a couple of items here. One is um, Chris Elliott did a, a USA Today story a couple weeks ago about a lady who got to the National Car Rental Counter in Detroit with her two young sons, and the representative said, well, we're out of cars. And uh, the only thing I had was a subcompact. She had a lot of luggage. Physically, she wouldn't fit in the car. Um, and so uh, she said, well, you know, what am I going to do? She said, well, the employee just, just kind of brushed me off. So she said, so I turned to my oldest son, who was four at the time, and told him that this woman behind the counter wanted me to leave him and his little brother with her for the next six days. And her son failed to see the humor and started to cry, so did his little brother. The woman behind the counter kind of glared at me, and I just smiled, and it didn't take her very long to find a minivan that we could use at the same price. Um, so that's one way, <laughs> one way to Leave shame. the kids. I bet chihuahuas would also have the same effect. <laughs> that was kind of cute. And I highly recommend that. Just threaten to leave your children. Um, the, uh, here's a couple of tips for getting a vehicle when they run out of cars, um, Chris says this happens about 1% of the time. So this is really one of those instances where you want to join the frequent renter club of the car company you're renting with. You want to do this for two reasons. One is because getting the car itself is going to go a lot easier when you get there. They already have a lot of the important information, and you'll be able to walk up to the counter, and they'll be able to say, hey, here you go. Here's the keys. You're on your way. So in some cases, you'll be able to skip the lines that other people have to stand in. So this is particularly important if you're renting from a major car rental agency. The second thing is that when they start running out of cars, remember, this is just kind of like the hotel rooms, too. When the hotel starts running out of hotel rooms... They're going to take care of their really frequent, loyal guests first. And then they're going to look down there and they're going to say, well, who else is a member of Hilton Honors? We don't want to walk somebody who's a member of our club here, even if they're not a real frequent guest. And the people who end up getting walked are the people who didn't bother to take the time to even do that. So I highly recommend that for car rental companies, if you're renting from a car rental company, become a member of their frequent renter thing. You can always opt out of their emails and all that kind of jazz along the way it will save you time and it might help you if you get into a situation where there aren't enough there are more people than there are cars it might help you confirm your reservation it doesn't hurt us particularly we talked about this if you're coming into a hotel late at night same applies to a car rental company if you're coming into a, to rent your car late at night you might not your, your your flight has now been delayed and you're not arriving until 1 or 1 30 in the morning couple of things here in play the car rental company may not still be open when you get there i've had it happen to me before where i got in very late and the car rental company had closed up shop and gone home doesn't matter that they still have customers coming in on late flights they came a certain time and they left and went home so if you call the rental company, one of two things will happen. They'll either stay and wait for you, or you will find out that they're not going to stay and wait for you, and you'll be able to enact a plan B at that time rather than getting to a, an airport at 1 or 2 in the morning and finding out that the car rental folks have already taken off. So arrive on time. There's a time on your reservation that you've told the car rental company that you're coming. So if something happens and you're three or four or five hours delayed, you're aircraft runs into a storm or you miss your connection something happens you decide to go later in the day call the car rental company because if you're they're expecting you at three o'clock and it gets to be six o'clock then and you haven't picked up your car and they haven't heard from you and they're short of cars guess what that's where they're going to start look looking for the cars also 
uh, it's not a bad idea to have a plan B. Think about the possibility, particularly if you're arriving late at night at an airport, what would happen if they ran out of cars? Do you have some kind of plan B? And of course, with ride sharing and stuff like that, nowadays it's a lot easier to get a car um, at an airport. But some small rural airports late at night, only one flight in, there may only be one or two taxi cabs there. So you might want to make sure that, uh, that they know that you're coming especially if you need a ride into town or something like that from an airport. But hopefully those are some tips that will help you. Some of the same tips that really apply to hotel reservations will apply to rental cars. And one other little thing I wanted to just kind of share with you um, here is that uh, if you're staying in a historic hotel, this happened, Clayton, last week. Uh, you and I were both with a group in the Palmer House Hilton in Chicago. Built in 1925. Beautiful hotel. Lots of nooks and crannies. Probably as many as any hotel in the country. It's got a kind of a weird design. and It kind of looks like an E. And no sh- no straight hallways. No. And so I realized when I got into that hotel that I didn't know. I knew where the elevators were. But in a, in a fire or an emergency, the elevators probably wouldn't be operable. Where How would I get out of the hotel? And I, I confess that for many years, I have forgotten to do this. Uh, Years ago, there was a big fire at the MGM Grand in Los Angeles, and it was really emphasized that, gee, you need to count the doors in case it's smoke-filled, and you need to know how to get out of the hotel. So I'm just telling you folks, especially if you're staying in a historic hotel, but any hotel, at least look up and see at the end, you know, where is the exit? How do you get out of the building if there's an emergency? You know, Mark, when we arrive, I think the first thing most people do is go looking for the ice machine. So add to that. Look for the fire escape as well. Yeah, it only takes a few seconds and it might really, it might save your life someday. All right, coming up after the news, we are going to take you into space travel and we're going to tell you how to win some tickets to the Shakespeare Festival in Lake Tahoe. Hang with the Travel Guys. You're doubling down to a much bigger rocket called the BFR, which stands for... It's the Big Falcon Rocket. The Big Falcon Rocket, that's, that's right. I still don't really believe this video that uh, we're about to play here. What on earth is this? So it currently is on Earth, but this is, uh, this is basically space travel for Earthlings. Uh, I can't wait for this residual capability. Basically, what it, we're going to do is we're going to fly BFR like an aircraft and do point-to-point travel on Earth. So you can take off from New York City or Vancouver and fly halfway across the globe. In a, you'll be on the BFR for roughly half an hour or 40 minutes. And the longest part of that, yeah, it's so awesome. The longest part of that flight is actually the boat out and back. Um, I mean, Gwen, come on, this, this, this is awesome, but it's crazy, right? Like, this is never going to actually happen. Oh, no, it's definitely going to happen. This is definitely going to happen. So, so within 10 years, an economy price ticket or like a, like a, I think thousand, be a couple be- thousand dollars yes. per person to yes. fly New York to Shanghai. Yeah, I think it'd be right. between economy and business. But you do it in an hour. So you really believe this is going to be deployed at some point in our amazing future? When? when do you- w- within a decade, for sure. And this is Gwyn time or Elon time? That's Gwyn time. I'm sure Elon That's will Gwyn want time. us to go faster. Ground control to Major Tom. Ground control to Major Tom. I think that is pretty darn cool. That was uh, Gwen Shotwell, who is the CEO for SpaceX. You remember seeing, did you see this a couple months ago, Clayton, where they had a couple rockets took off in Florida and they landed the, the rockets 
back on the pad that they took off from or right next to the pad they took off from. Absolutely. I think it's totally it's exciting. It's like the coolest thing that I've ever seen ever for the two rockets. They both came down. And this is this is that company. So would you pay? This is a dumb question, I'm certain. Would you pay two or $3,000 to fly across the country on a supersonic rocket? Absolutely. Yeah, in a flash, huh? You know, I never got to ride. What was the thing? The, the Concorde. Concorde. Yeah. Yeah. We actually took groups of people on that plane. We had a, a great trip where they did the Queen Mary. The Queen Mary was retiring. Yeah, it was It was the 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 old Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth, The yes. original the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Queen Mary, And you would in Los fly Angeles. to England on the plane and yep. cruise home, or you would cruise to England and then fly home. Yes. And pe- some people who did that, it's been many years ago now, I said it was like the, the, the most memorable trip that they had ever taken. So this is pretty cool. I would totally do it. In fact, I have to tell you, Mark, I looked through my records. Over uh-huh. 20 years ago, ago, I joined the STS, which was the Space Travel Society, uh-huh. with a guarantee that when space travel became available to normal people like me, that I would be ab- among the first who would get an invitation. And I paid dues to that organization for about 15 years. And then one year I just didn't get a renewal because I guess they went away. They, they went away. But it, I want to fly on a BFR, a big Falcon rocket. Yeah, watch the F there. Yeah. Um, you can go to travel. If you want it, that, that bit that we just played here, if you would like to watch it, there is a video that goes with it. At, it's at TravelGuysRadio.com, and it will give you a link. Uh, when you watch that video to where you can uh, get a whole another longer thing that will tell you all about space travel and the rocket. So if that's your thing, why well, go to TravelGuysRadio.com and you can find some of that stuff. Space travel is coming. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I remember reading many years ago that Richard Branson, you know, the the, the mastermind behind Virgin Atlantic and uh-huh. Virgin, and oh, yeah. Virgin, Virgin, Virgin. Uh, he was looking into space travel. I wonder whatever became of his dreams. Well, it's, you know, it's a, a lot of people have spent a lot of money, but now we don't have as much NASA like what we had when, when you and I were younger. It's, it's more private enterprise now. So it's kind of kind of interesting. I have, we did a correction earlier about something was said on the air here last week. I have another little correction uh, that came in the Sports Leisure Traveler newsletter this week has been pointed out to me. I don't know how this happened. Because I corrected it once when we were going through the correction process, but I wrote about Herb Kane, who is an uh, a, a deceased man who used to be a uh, wrote a column in the San Francisco Chronicle newspaper for many many years. Um, I believe the Embarcadero Walkway is named for him. It is, it? and uh, so anyway, um, Herb. The spelling of Herb's last name uh, was incorrect in our newsletter, and I corrected it once, but apparently it got changed back to the incorrect. Auto-correct. So, yeah, love it. it went, yes, that's, I'm sure that's what happened, because his name is C-A-E-N, and it was spelled uh, a different spelling in the newsletter, C-A-H-N, or something like that. So to all of the Herb Kane fans, I apologize for the fact that his name is spelled wrong, but that does nothing to to tarnish his legacy of the man with, remember the three dot, well, you didn't live here. Um, he did these columns called the three dot columns, and they would be a thought, and then he would follow it by three dots, and then there would be another thought. And sometimes sometimes they weren't complete thoughts. Sometimes they were just partial thoughts or things that he saw or whatever he was thinking as he was sitting in front of the typewriter at that moment, and they were really some of his best, uh, truly some of his best work. So anyways, my, apologize to, uh, my apologies to Herb for the fact that his name didn't come out correctly. When we come back, you know what? Um, for the last segment here, I wanted to get your opinion on a, a number of things. I don't often have you in the studio here so I can get your professional travel guy type opinion. We have some tickets to give away. Yay, to Lake Tahoe, have Shakespeare you, and Theater Festival. Have you ever been up to Tahoe for I this? I have, and it is the most extraordinary stage. 
but remember to take a jacket because I was a dummy and didn't. I see. It gets chilly at night. Uh-huh. There's a lake there, and you're at like 6,500 feet or something yep. like that. So it's kind of like going to the ball game in San Francisco. You take your short pants and your winter parka, exactly. and that assures you that you will be uh, comfortable along the way. But it's a stunning venue and very professional performances, and it's not all Shakespeare. It is not. Um, this year, uh, Beehive is the, uh, the, the Broadway classic that they're doing, plus they're doing Macbeth. So these tickets are good for either one of those shows. You have to go by August the 10th. You cannot, these tickets are not good for Saturdays. They're good for any other night, and you'll have to check their schedule, and then you have to call them up and say, hey, I have this voucher, and I'd like to have a ticket. So you can't just show up there. So anyways, we do have four of them. So we're giving away two pairs? We have two pairs. So um, if you would like to see Shakespeare, remember, it's only, the tickets are only good till August 10th. They're not good on Saturdays. Uh, you're going to be outdoors at the Lake Tahoe Shakespeare Festival. So if you like Macbeth or Beehive, then you can figure out each of them are offered a couple of times a week. You can go 921-1530 or 1-800-834-1530. Luis will take the first couple people who call and say that they would like to have the tickets. Please don't call and ask for the tickets if you can't go to Tahoe. Because there's no transportation here. You have to drive yourself up there and uh, present these vouchers and get your tickets. So if you'd like to go to the Lake Tahoe Theater Festival, the Shakespeare Festival, 921-1530. I guess that would be 916-921-1530 or 800-834-1530. And uh, Luis will set you up with a couple of sets of tickets to the Lake Tahoe Shakespeare Festival. When we come back... I'm going to find out what Mr. Clayton thinks about air about dogs and airports. We've had another incident or two. Um, airports now. The airlines have changed their rules. Now airports are sticking in, stepping in, and trying to change some of their rules. I want to get your opinion on those and a few other things when the travel guys roll on right after this break. Welcome back to the Travel Guys here on News Radio KFBK. I'm Clayton Whitehead. In for Tom Romano today, and I have Mark Hoffman here. We are brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. You can find most of the things that we talk about, links to a lot of the things that we discuss here on the Travel Guys at TravelGuysRadio.com. And Mr. Clayton here, let's see, what do we Hey, have? I'd like to congratulate Jan and Lucy for being our winners on the Lake Tahoe um, uh, Shakespearean Festival tickets. So congratulations, ladies. And thanks to all the other folks who swarmed the phone lines and uh, tried to get in and win the tickets. So uh, we will get those tickets to you next week. Ladies, a reminder that things that you win here on the Travel Guys come from the Travel Guys and not from KFBK Radio. So we will send your, we will get your prizes to you. If you have any issue with prizes, contact us through the Travel Guys website. There is a way there to send us a note. You can send us a note to ask us Questions that will often get answered in the mailbag, or you can send a question and like someone did last week and ask that it not be answered on the air through the mailbag, and I understood exactly why um, she said that. But anyway, uh, Marriott and Starwood, Clayton, are joining their reward programs. They've been talking about this. Of course, they've been merged as a company now for over a year and uh, talking about their, their two reward programs coming into what's going to be the largest hotel reward program in the country and the award charts are coming out and uh you know all of this is a, all of this is kind of subjective because uh for those of you who are frequent travelers you know this but for those of you who are not starwood has always had kind of a different point system than many of the other hotels so if traditionally it took 
50,000 points to get uh, a room at a good hotel at a, with the Hilton or the Marriott program, that same hotel was probably 20,000 points in Starwood. Starwood points have had traditionally three times more value, and therefore prices for redemption have been generally a third as much. So this is a little bit of an adjustment for folks who were Starwood customers, Sheraton customers, because now they're going into a system where point values are higher, but um, the cost of redeeming things is higher. Are you a member of both of these programs, Mr. You know, Mark, Clinton? I don't stay in many uh, Westons or, or Sheridans, so I think I am a member of Starwood, but it's never been a program I really tracked. Mm-hmm. But I know Mr. Romano is a huge, huge fan and is not too happy about this merger. Well, he should be because... Uh, Sheraton has always had, Starwood has always been the best program in many people's eyes, but in my mind, Marriott was the second best, and I've never been a huge Starwood guy, so that would that would be outside of my, above my pay grade, but um, Marriott, if you can hang around long enough and get high enough up the scale, why, it it, it is, you go into a Marriott hotel, you've stayed there a lot, generally you are treated a little bit better then, or a little bit differently than someone who just walked in off the street and isn't a Marriott Rewards member. Well, that's true. But I just remember like when American bought TWA, I was a huge TWA flyer mm-hmm. and everything was going to get better, but it got worse. And I remember when <laughs> Delta bought Northwest and I was a big Delta flyer and everything was going to get better, but it got worse. So that's just my personal experience. Yeah. The first one, I really agree with you. I don't know about the, about the Northwest Delta thing. Delta's, Delta's probably the best airline in the sky now. If you forget the one that everybody, nobody counts because they don't have a first-class section, which is Southwest. Um, I, I think Southwest runs the best airline. I mean, well, It's I, definitely I, the best-run airline, but I, I don't like to fly them cross-country. Yeah, and why is that? Because I don't get seat 21F. I see. So that's, <laughs> you want the exit row window seat to be able to sack out against there. Uh, airports are, are tightening up their rules on... Animals in the airports. First, the airlines decided that there were way too many animals running loose in the cabin and tightened up the rules on service animals, rules that have now taken effect. So we are indeed seeing fewer animals. But unfortunately, um, the of course, in order to get on an airplane, first the animal has to pass through the airport. So the airports are seeing, you know, you've probably been in an airport, Clayton, where you've seen, uh, you know, animal service area, something like that. So this is where you're... you're Dog can tinkle um, if you're traveling. Pet relief pet would relief. be the official Yes, title, I, that's I it. And so now it's, the, you know, a dog in Philadelphia on American Airlines. She was accompanying a passenger. She was wearing a, uh, a, a vest, a service dog vest. This was perhaps one of the faux service dogs. Um, gave birth to eight puppies in the waiting area. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I certainly want to see that when I'm flying. Um, yeah, then in the Tampa airport, um, the, the, they had two back-to-back situations on, on back-to-back days where, um, service animals either got into it with another animal or with another passenger bit, a little five-year-old girl. Um, so airports are saying, well, okay, you've got to be able, you've got to put your, put your animal somehow secure it so that it's not a problem. Flying through, uh, Chicago's Midway just the other day, I noticed a big sign at all the entrances telling people that unless it was a service animal, it had to remain in its container, mm-hmm. and service animals had to be on a leash. So I think it's it's going to be it's going to come down to the airport level to enforce this next generation. So of was that happening? Rogue animals. 
Uh, as far as I saw that it, it was. I mean, Portland's one of the most dog-friendly cities in the whole country, maybe on the planet. And in the Portland airport, there are signs as you go in that says, you know, we love your dogs, but they have to be in a cage here. And you have to keep them in their carrier. And if your pet is too big for the carrier, please go to gate, you know, counter such and such. And it doesn't seem to phase people at all. I just, it, it, it's, it's kind of interesting to me why you would, you've got all those restaurants and all that stuff in an airport. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how that, how that all works. And again, this is really, this really has to do with people. This has nothing to do with people who have legitimate service animals. Absolutely not. But unfortunately, they are the ones that are suffering from all of these shall we say, illegitimate animals. Well, because the service animals are never the ones who are getting into trouble, so to speak, because they've been trained how to behave. Right. You know, a, a blind man once told me, I said, you know, he's flying across country with his dog, and he says, you know, this is a six-hour flight, and I'm like, well, you know, what happens if the dog, you know, has to go to the restroom? And he says, well, the dog has a way of telling me, but he says most of the time the dog will just hold it. The dog's been trained that, you know, there are certain times and certain places, and that's just the way it is, so... Um, anyways, a kind of a, it's kind of an interesting situation, I think, because you you don't every day you go to an airport, and of course the peacock can't fly. Um, we've established that, um, but who knows? Underrated bucket list travel destinations. Let's see how many of these you have been to. Portugal. Yes, you've been to Portugal. Just Lisbon, uh-huh. but uh, twice, and I loved it. Okay, but I didn't love it as much as Spain. Is there anything in particular about Portugal that you? You know, well, found to be. Uh, if someone was going to Lisbon, what would you tell them to do? Buy tile. Buy tile. Tile. Collectors, collectible tiles. Yes, they have a huge tradition there. Actually, many of their homes the are completely veneered in tile. Uh, I'm talking about beautifully painted tiles, like what we would call like Mexican tiles, mm-hmm. only two or three steps up in terms of their artistic quality. Tile is the big collectible there. Mallorca, Spain. Mallorca. It's on this list. I love Mallorca. Yeah. And I love Spain in general. Didn't you do a long walk in Spain? I did the Camino de Santiago. Yeah. For, uh, gosh, uh, 500 miles, 795 kilometers from Roncesvalles to... Uh, Which is basically, you know, roughly Sacramento to San Diego. Yeah, to Compostelo in Galicia. It's amazing. Wow. I highly recommend it for anyone who has about uh, five weeks on their hands. Uh-huh. Doesn't mind walking about 17 miles. All right, a day. let's see here on this list of un of, of, of unknown travel destinations here. Uh, how about Minneapolis? Love it, but I love the St. Paul side better. I have to say, I agree with you. If you're going, St. Paul is kind of historic, kind of a funky city, sort it's a, of. It's a very low rise city uh, to be the capital. Yeah. Um, and Minneapolis is the big metropolitan center right across the river. St. Paul, much more human scale. Beautiful, historic neighborhoods and fun little restaurants and bars. We're talking about underrated bucket list travel destinations, Bolivia. Never been, but I like the way the word sounds, Bolivia. Yeah, the only time I've ever been to Bolivia was in um, uh, the Butch Cassidy movie. Remember, mm. they, they, they went away to Bolivia. That's before my time. Yeah, well, that's Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, never been there. I don't even know where that is. Slovenia. 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 Not Slovakia, Not but Slovakia. Slovenia. I think I've been to Slovakia. That's Bratislava is mm-hmm. the capital, right? Yeah. So I have. So I think, wasn't that the original Yugoslavian Republic that got 
cut in half. I uh, think. Let's see here. This is the Eastern European nation on the rise. Slovakia is making waves with its world-class wine. Mountain-nestled castles. Sounds like right up your alley. And colorful towns. I know all that's a beautiful part of the world. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Newfoundland and Labrador. Never been to Labrador. Yes, to I Newfoundland, I really want to go to Newfoundland. Glaciers, waterfalls, and cliffs, cliff side walks are as close as Canada. They talk kind of funny there. Um, they do. The Broadway show Come From Away is based on uh, Gander, Newfoundland, I think, which is uh, a real, that's a great show. By the way, that show is coming to San Francisco in January. If you are only a casual theater fan, if you like going to the theater and coming out of the theater feeling better than when you went in, you should go see Come From Away. And I think everybody should know that it's a story about 9-11 without being about 9-11 at all. Yeah. I mean, isn't that... Uh, it's, it's a story that was breathed into being because of 9-11, but it's completely about these amazing people who live in Gander, Newfoundland. And, yeah, I mean, which makes me want to, after having seen the show on Broadway, makes me even want to... You talk about a show, you know, where you come out and you, you it's like Hamilton last week. I felt like I had learned something when I when I came out of Hamilton. Never mind the fact that it was a wonderful production, but I was like, I, I kind of pride myself in being a little bit of a student in American history, and I thought, wow, there were some things there that I had completely forgotten, or I didn't know that A tied into B tied into C, and so I thought that was all pretty cool. All right. You know what? The Newfies not only are justifiably proud of the story, but all of Canada is. I just got information. Uh, the show has just been extended in Toronto to run through next April. Wow. So, I mean, the Canadians are just eating up this story. It's if you it, it, it's like you said it's about nine eleven but it's not about nine eleven so uh, it's it's go online and read the synopsis but go see it it'll be in San Francisco in January you don't have anything else to do in January you can go with sports leisure vacations yeah, if you like particular travel company is going to have quite a few days we'll probably be going every Wednesday and some Saturdays um, here is a a note I saw on the internet last week at the last minute we have here are trash cans disappearing from hotel rooms. And I would say yes. I would say absolutely. I, have you noticed this? I mean, the I, other day I'm in a hotel room. I was in a Marriott hotel, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, there's no trash can here. And I look under the desk where there's normally a trash can or beside the desk, and there's no trash can. And finally in the bathroom, yeah, there was a small trash can. I'm also finding recycling. The blue cans are disappearing in hotels. But I think that's because many communities, unfortunately, just don't have recycling programs. So there's no point in the hotel sorting it and collecting it if there's nothing to do with it. I guess. I mean, are they thinking maybe that we'll bring less trash to the hotel if they, or we'll take our trash with us if they don't? I, I, it's just a mystery to me. I don't know. Because I would think that you would want more trash cans because you would want to encourage people to put their trash in the can instead of leaving it scattered around the room for the housekeeper to pick up. Who knows? Where are you off to next, Mr. Whitehead? Uh, Iowa. Iowa. Well, I mean, where, where are you next off with a group? Uh, with a group? Um... Uh, oh, this is a trick question. Uh, Michigan. I'm going to San Francisco to see the Giants and the Mariners two games this week. Well, so Good luck to the boys Tom, in orange. Tom will be back next Sunday. We'll see you then. Dance like nobody's watching. We are the Travel Guys. Clayton in for Tom, and I'm Mark Hoffman. Thanks for joining us.